you want to give a summary or overview of who you are and why you do what you do and why the person who has opted in is important and why them being there has value. Marketing has changed. Customers don't want to just hear about the perks of your products anymore. They want to hear your story. They want to know the human being behind the products. Welcome to the Small Business Series. I registered my business 10 years ago and I did just about everything wrong for the first six of those years. This podcast is all about failure, perseverance, and mindset, but I wanted to launch this mini series to narrow in on the business side of things. The goal of the Voted Least Likely podcast is to make you feel less alone on your journey, but I also really want to give you tools to achieve your goals and live a fulfilled life while building your dream. So let's dive into some of the tactical tips. In each episode, I'm gonna cover a topic that I wish I knew more about when I was just starting, and I'm gonna tell you how I failed in it, what I have learned, and then leave you with some resources to dive in further. This series is all about taking action. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely podcast. This episode in the small business series is all about putting yourself out there with social media and email marketing. Full disclaimer, I am not a social media expert and there is a very good reason for that. It's borrowed real estate. You don't own your social media. It could be taken down at any moment. The algorithm could change. You could be locked out or shadow banned. I do believe social media is important, but I'm going to spend less time on that area and more on email marketing in this episode and also just in my business because I believe email marketing is far more important. So let's discuss the differences. Here's how I think about social media versus email marketing. Picture a party. You get dressed up, you go in smiling, you look fabulous, you keep up with small talk, you make people feel good, it's light, fun, entertaining. That's social media. It's fairly surface level. It looks good. So imagine that same party and you find somebody you really hit it off with and you sit with them and you have a great chat. You feel seen and heard and you go to a deeper level of connection and communication. That is email marketing. I show up on social media to entertain, connect, educate, and talk about 
things in my business to a broad audience. For my jewelry brand, Leah Yard Designs, it's a great way to promote and to have an online portfolio essentially and to stay top of mind and current. I am consistent with it, but it's not my main focus. I don't put all my eggs in the social media baskets. I pop on and post, I connect at a fairly surface level, and then I leave. I am the one managing my social media accounts, so I have to limit my time on there because as we all know, no one leaves these apps feeling better about themselves, right? I rarely close Instagram and feel more successful, more beautiful, or more accomplished than when I opened it. These apps aren't exactly inspiring. You can find inspirational content on them, but they're designed to keep you on the app, and so you will be shown what is deemed engaging. And that can be inspirational, but as we've all seen, it can also be very destructive. So I'm very careful with my time spent there. Some of the best advice I ever got about social media for business was this, claim your real estate. So make an account on each app so that you have claimed your business or your personal brand name, but then focus on just one or two apps. Because unless you have a full team dedicated to social media, there's just no way to post everywhere with intention. And every app really is different. So you can only repurpose content so much between them all. You kind of have to figure out the culture of each app. So it's just, it's a full-time job. And again, you don't want to just be putting stuff out just for the sake of putting it out. You want to do it with intention. For my business, I love Instagram and TikTok. I feel these two pair very well together. Instagram is great for, of course, showcasing beautiful imagery, and TikTok is great for a look behind the scenes. TikTok was newer for me, and I love it. It's quite a bit lighter, and I found it wildly refreshing after years of the over-curated, over-filtered IG squares. It was just such a fresh take on social media. But for a fashion brand like mine, it's good to have the balance. So I have the Instagram, which is a little more beautiful, a little more polished, and then TikTok, things get a little wild <laughs> and crazy. Um, but you really have to find what works for you. So if you're a writer, then possibly Twitter is a better option for you. I know a lot of comics use that, but you will know what's right. You will know where your audience is, and then you just want to make sure that you're focusing some attention there. Also, this might sound really obvious, but I think it's a very common mistake. You have to post in the places you enjoy being. I personally cannot stand Facebook. I find it so confusing. I do not find it user-friendly. I just, I don't understand Facebook at all. I feel frustrated every time I'm on it. And I mean, I really, I don't, I don't really enjoy anything about it. So I don't go on there to post and I don't dedicate time to it because it's not enjoyable. And so the content that I create for it won't be good because I'm not inspired. Just this weekend, I was trying to change a collection on Facebook. I was just trying to put a specific picture on a collection that we have for the jewelry. I wanted a more current picture. And it took like an hour and a half just to figure it out because they pop you onto a million different pages. It's just... Sorry, I don't mean to go on a Facebook rant, but it really is not. I don't find it a user-friendly experience. And so I'm not in a good mindset to go on there and to post and be inspiring or excited to show up there. 
So I post on Instagram, which automatically pops up on Facebook, which is great. I go on there once in a while to streamline things, but I focus my social media attention and time in the places that I actually enjoy being for a short amount of time. I do post on Pinterest. This is automatic. So it's kind of, it's a different topic because Pinterest isn't actually t social media. It's more of a search engine. So it's a great way to gain exposure. And I have an automated system set up for that. So I just spend a couple hours um, once a month really to set that up and then have that running behind the scenes. I have a Twitter account, but I'm not active on it. Again, I've just claimed that real estate, but it's not the place that makes sense for me to be. And I mean, there's a million places, right? There's LinkedIn, YouTube, YouTube Shorts, and there's always more popping up. So it's overwhelming and it changes often. And that in my mind is why you really have to be careful how much time you invest in it. Email marketing is my favorite part of my business. My email list is my most important asset in my entire business. I'm not exaggerating at all. These are the people who care about my business. They're the ones who got my brand through the pandemic. This community is where we share stories, inside looks, special promotions, exclusive items, behind the scenes. These are really my VIP members because I know what an incredible privilege it is to be able to show up in somebody's inbox. It's intimate and you have to earn your space there. Back in 2020, we connected with customers through email when we didn't know what was going on. The news was terrifying. We reached out to everyone to kind of just check in and see how everybody was doing. And we shared stories. We were all scared and we started sharing stories about what we were going through. I had a mom tell me she didn't know where her daughter was. She was overseas and couldn't get in touch with her. I heard from a wife whose husband was away from work and she was really scared to be by herself. This is the kind of connection email is. It's not the stuff you share on social media. It's the real conversations. And I'm a jewelry brand. So to have that kind of depth with your audience, it's real. And that's what makes running a business that is fulfilling. That, that's, the, that's the best part about it is that you're really making true connection. There are people that have been with me for years. I'm celebrating 10 years in business this year. And there are people that have been on my email list for the last 10 years. So there's a real connection and relationship there. These chats were all through my business, but they were real conversations. These were with customers of a jewelry brand, but we were able to connect and share stories during a hard time because that's the value of being in that state of mind of being able to connect and having it be authentic and real. And in my mind, you just can't do that the same way on social media. These stories and relationships are the core of my brand. It's these people who have cheered me on and so, as you can imagine, I take my email list very, very seriously. And when I say VIP, I mean VIP. We recently sent out a discount code to our list and it was a promotion off the entire website, which we very rarely do. And this sale was a perk that no one on social media knew about unless they were a VIP member as well. So I worked very hard to treat our subscribers specially. This is my business's strongest asset. So this is where I put the most care and attention. So 
I hope that that helps explain the importance of email marketing and the difference of it compared to social media. Again, I do think social media is a very important part, but you don't own anything on there. It is it is borrowed real estate. So unless you are building something behind the scenes, like an email list, if that goes away tomorrow, if social media goes down, I mean, how are you going to get in touch with these people, right? You have to have a foundation and something that you can control and that you actually own. So I mentioned that this series is going to be more tactical. So I want to give you some ideas and tools to get you started if you don't already have a list or if you've been collecting emails, but you're not sure what you should send, what these people want from you and how to start building those relationships. So first off, I would subscribe to brands that you love. See what their welcome emails look like. See what you are excited to click on in those emails. Just sort of take the temperature and see what tone it is that they talk to their audience. This is a great way to see how brands treat their subscribers. And in my mind, you should feel like you're part of something pretty close to the beginning of that relationship. It should feel like you matter that you're there. For Leah Yard Designs, we use humor as often as we can. I mean, as often as it is appropriate for a fashion brand, but you want to make it fun. People want to, you want to have something that people look forward to getting and you want, if your email pops up in somebody's inbox, they're excited to open it. So here are some email ideas if you're just getting started and you're not sure where to begin. You guys, I have some very exciting news to share. This year marks the 10th anniversary of Leah Yard Designs. I registered my jewelry brand a decade ago, and I remember it very well. Most of it was done sitting on our apartment floor, finalizing paperwork, and trying to figure out how on earth I was going to build a brand as a high school dropout with zero experience and no money. If you've been with me on this journey, then you know it's been one hell of a ride. There have been a million mistakes along the way, so much so that I ended up starting this exact podcast you are listening to just to confess my many, many failures. It is wild to me to think it's been a decade, and this milestone is something I really want to celebrate with you. We are hosting an anniversary event at our Vancouver studio on July 22nd from 12 to 5 p.m. We are designing an exclusive collection with one-of-a-kind designs. There will be light refreshments available, and we've got a couple other amazing local brands joining us. You can follow the link in our show notes for more details or head to our website, www.leayarddesigns.com, and you can sign up as a VIP member there, and that way you will always be the first to know what's going on, and you'll get the first peek at what we have planned for this very exciting event. I cannot wait to see you and celebrate a milestone I am so proud to have reached. First off, a welcome email is so important. This will be the first impression for your brand. You want to make people feel comfortable and excited to be part of your community. Think about your why. What is the purpose behind your business? What is your mission? How did you get started? You want to give a summary or overview of who you are and why you do what you do and why the person who has opted in is important and why them being there has value. 
Marketing has changed. Customers don't want to just hear about the perks of your products anymore. They want to hear your story. They want to know the human being behind the products. You can link to a social media in your welcome email if there's a behind the scenes video that you can send people to so they can get a look inside maybe your day to day. Whatever it is that you think is important for people to know that builds a true and authentic connection. And I know we've heard that word thrown around a lot, but just because you hear it a lot doesn't mean it's being executed correctly. You know when something is authentic and that's what it should feel like when somebody signs up to your email list and they get that welcome email. It should feel real and like it actually came from you. Another thing that I like is when a welcome sequence lets you know how often you will hear from them. So kind of just letting people know what to expect. Um, we are all inundated by email, especially since the pandemic, when everybody went online, we get more emails now more than ever. And you can avoid unsubscribes by letting people know what they can expect right out the gate. So give them an insight on some perk that's maybe coming their way or how frequently they're going to be hearing from you just to give people an idea of what they can expect now that they're here. Your welcome email is going to be your most opened email. And so it is your most important email. Spend time crafting this. Make sure your message is true to who you are. Send it to friends and family before you officially launch it and see what they think. I've redone my welcome email and sequence over a dozen times to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, it's good to just go in and refresh things. Sometimes information changes and you want to just make sure it's current and reflects the brand where the brand is at. It's going to evolve with you, right? So you want to just make sure you're going in once, I don't know, maybe once a year, maybe once a season and just making sure that everything in there is current and that it is representing who you are and who you're talking to. Once you have a list, you can start getting creative with your emails, especially once people are familiar with you. I've been able to send out a few things that are somewhat inside jokes with my list, and it's so fun to get responses back from those who picked up on it. Again, we're building community here, and it's not about selling constantly or talking at someone. These are real people who have allowed you in. So make sure you're not just broadcasting to them. Involve them in the process or get them in on the joke. And for perks, some of the things we've done in the past are gift with purchase, and this is for email subscribers only. So if you spend over a certain amount, then you get a gift with your purchase. We did an eight hour sale, which was so fun. It was one of the biggest sales we've ever done. It was a specific code that was sent out just to email subscribers, and you had eight hours to use it. Um, again, this was not on social media. Nobody on social media knew about it. We've given early access to sales. So during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that week, we will give our subscribers a chance to get items on sale before they sell out. This is huge for people that wait. Our Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale is gigantic. And there are people that wait for this sale so they can get their favorite piece. But sometimes there's a long list for that piece. And if they don't get it in time, obviously they're very disappointed. So VIP members get that early access. You can do polls with your audience and they can become kind of part of your design process. That's been really fun. You really can get creative here. You just want to invite people on the journey with you and treat them on the way. Gift guides are really helpful around the holidays. Once you have a trusted audience, you can help them find the perfect gift. 
tips, tricks. I get asked a lot on how to layer necklaces. So we've sent out style guides on that, care guides, how to untangle chains. You want to be a helpful resource. Another idea is a look behind the scenes at your design process. So I've sent out videos that are for my email list only with brand updates and a look at new designs before they've even launched. And that's really fun. Again, it makes people feel special because it is special. They get to see something before anybody else sees it. So again, make it creative, valuable and VIP. Be intentional here and be respectful of people's time. For email marketing providers, the actual software, there's a million out there. I actually use a very basic one called Flowdesk. So that's F-L-O-D-E-S-K. I love it because it is so user-friendly. I used to use MailChimp. Um, I personally found it very confusing and not aesthetically pleasing. And for a fashion brand, having a beautiful template is really important in my mind. I have heard that MailChimp has upped their game because so many new providers came on the market. So it might be worth looking into. I know they have a free version, which Flowdesk does not. So depending on what your budget is like, where you're starting. Um, again, I use MailChimp for, I think, two or three years. So it's it's definitely um, an option for you. And, and again, I, I do believe they have made some improvements, so it's certainly worth checking out. There are other ones that have more analy analytics and segmentation abilities, which is something I find is lacking in Flowdesk. It's a newer company, so their analytics, analytics are limited and some of their features are pretty basic. Um, I have heard great things about ConvertKit. I haven't personally tried it, but it's been around for a long time and I have heard very good things. It's just a little bit more in depth. So just depending on how um, sort of granular you want to get on your list and making sure only certain things are going to certain people who have opted in for specific segments in your list. So like all tools in your business, you have to find what works for you and what you enjoy working with, right? So although Flowdesk has limitations, I really love making emails in it. It's really fun and I find it user-friendly, it's beautiful and it's simple and it works for me. So that's what I'm sticking with for now. As for growing your list, I would start with having a pop-up on your website to collect emails. Email marketing has come a long way, so you can't just ask people for their email anymore. You can't just have a sign up for my newsletter thing on your website anymore. Remember what I said about the pandemic? It, things have changed. It's gotten significantly harder to get someone's email. And rightly so. It's a big deal to gain access into someone's personal inbox. Think of how careful you are when you give out your email. Your customers are the same. They need something valuable in order to hand it over. So you need a perk. On our Leah Yard Designs website, we have a pop-up with a very generous discount. So it's $25 off your first online purchase of 150. That's a good deal. And that pop-up does really well because that's an enticing deal. If somebody's come onto our website and they're looking to shop, that's, that's a nice little get. So you could have sign up forms for early access to something you were launching. You can host giveaways where entrants sign up with email. You can do quizzes, which are gaining a lot of traction right now. You want to have sign up forms everywhere. You want people to be able to give you their email everywhere. You want it to be very easy for people to join your community and to be given a perk for coming along. 
One other thing I want to mention is this. You also need to make it easy for people to leave. I know this might sound counterintuitive, but how many times have you tried to unsubscribe from something and it's either been very hard to do or it just doesn't seem to take? And then what do you think about that company afterwards, right? Email marketing only works if you have people who are excited to be there. Once you are growing a healthy email list, you want to clean it every so often as well. I do this once a quarter and then I do a deeper clean once a year. And what this means is that you delete subscribers from your list whose email bounced, marked you as spam, who unsubscribed or who are inactive. A big misconception about email list building is that the bigger the list, the better. And while having a gigantic list is great, it's only great if your emails are being opened. If you have a low open rate, your emails will be tagged as less important by your subscriber's email provider, which means you might end up in their spam folder. So you want to make sure that you are clearing out people who are on your list but aren't active. At the end of the year, I go through and delete emails if, the, if the, that subscriber hasn't opened one of ours in over six months. They clearly aren't interested. They can always resubscribe later on, but I don't want them on there because that email is going to be going and just sitting in their inbox or probably going in their spam. And then that's actually going to be hurting my open rate for everybody else. That's hard to do. I've deleted hundreds of emails. It's, it's very painful to do. But when you do this, you whittle down your list to those who are active and excited to hear from you. If you keep those inactive emails, the people who actually want to hear from you might not. I hope that makes sense. This again was a really hard practice for me to get into. You want, it's a fine line because you don't want to be getting rid of people who just aren't opening them, but they're still interested. So you want to find a timeline that makes sense for you. Um, I know how hard it is to get emails, so it's even harder to delete them, but it makes your list stronger and healthier. Again, it's not the size of the, of the subscribers, not the number of subscribers. It's how many emails are actually getting out there. So in the past, I had double the number of email subscribers I currently have, but less emails were getting to people just because I was carrying along a bunch of inactive emails, but I just couldn't let go of that number. And I just wanted to keep that number because in my mind, it seemed better, right? A, a bigger email list seems better. But again, you don't want to be stopping those people who actually want to hear from you from getting the chance to connect. Another thing to remember, people will unsubscribe and it's not personal. If you're getting a huge amount of, of, if you're getting a huge amount of unsubscribes, then it might be time to look at your email marketing strategy. You might be emailing too often, or you might not be providing enough value. We've all done this back in busy seasons. I would send out emails just to stay on schedule instead of making sure I'm providing value and being intentional. Here's the honest truth. Even if you have the best value to provide, people will unsubscribe for a million of reasons that you will never know. I used to take it personally, but I don't anymore. And I'm going to tell you why I once unsubscribed to a brand that I absolutely love just because I was in a financially challenging season and I didn't want the temptation in my inbox. 
their beautiful, enticing emails bummed me out because I wasn't in a position to buy from them. So you might lose somebody just because your product is too good. So keep that in mind. Okay, I really hope this helps. Email marketing is the thing that has allowed me to grow my brand. I've made mistakes with it, but you learn as you go, like anything in business. Start by signing up to other brands and see how they speak to their audience. Start noticing things that you like and don't like about other emails that you get. Then get your own email marketing provider if you don't already have one. Start with your welcome email and an exciting perk that you can offer new subscribers. Remember to always provide value and don't take for granted the access you have to someone's inbox. It is a privilege and it's very important that you treat it that way. And if everything I said here makes you think, ugh, I'll do it later. I'm going to just share a 2023 email marketing statistic. The ROI for email marketing is $36 for every dollar spent. Do you know how insane that is? $36 you earn for every dollar spent in email marketing. So if you don't have an email list, please start one. It might be the thing that takes your business to the next level. It's honestly what got my brand through the pandemic. So imagine what it could do for you. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.